fly list. No fly list. As far as the no fly list, no fly list, no fly list. If you're on that list, 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 list. The most problematic thing is, is that any, any, anyone can be under the investigation of the FBI. FBI, FBI. FBI, FBI. And I know that something really good is going to come out of all of Hey everyone, welcome to another week of the No Fly List where we talk to comedians, artists, and other interesting people of color. I'm Athir. I'm a mama. And today we had uh, Danish McBull on the podcast who is amazing. He has a podcast called The DMAC Hour. He's a writer, a comedian. Um, he's going to be on season two of Rami that premieres in just a few weeks on Hulu. Um, and overall, just a really cool, chill dude. Donish is like the chillest friend, and especially in stand-up. Like, I love, I love his energy, and he's just so easy to talk to. And it was a good reminder that we need to just take things in stride right now because, like, the universe has its own plan of when things are going to happen, and he's just kind of like, go with the flow. So I feel like we could all use a little bit of that. Oh my god, I know. I I feel like even through like the Zoom like chat, I like just felt his calmness and I was like, "Oh, I feel so much better." It's definitely a good episode to listen to if you want um advice on how to chill out and also advice on how to propose if anyone is proposing. Yeah. At any time. He was supposed to be getting married in July and having a wedding and he's just like, "All right, well, this is just what happened and kind of dealing with that." Um, really well, I think, in a really positive way, in a really healthy way, because like, what else can we do? And like, life throws us a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) We can't really change anything. All we can do is kind of adapt to the circumstances. So it was really cool hearing about that. And yeah, I remember I was with him when he was like, FaceTime shopping for wedding rings when we were on (laughs) tour together. So he was like, yo, I'm about to get engaged. And I was like, Oh, my God. So Wait, a- FaceTime wedding ring shopping. What does that look like? Is it just at like a at a store and someone's? Yeah, like- I think his mom had like was in a, a jewelry store, if I'm not mistaken. And then he was looking at the ring, and then he picked one out or something. <laughs> that's like also that's such a donish. I feel just he's so chill that that's just like the most chill way to do it of just being like you know let me just FaceTime you. Let me FaceTime oh yeah, you and- I could never make that decision over FaceTime. No, I, I would go to the store. In person. Yeah, I was gonna say I would go to the store like ten times, and each time be like, I don't know, give me like another five days. Yeah, I, I'm way too indecisive. Also, it was cool like hearing about how he's really chill with just being alone and using this time to like really be by himself and be productive in the same time, but also feel like you know he can just kind of I think he'll survive the pandemic more than a lot of people or better than a lot of people (laughs) in the sense of uh, his mental health because he's also good at unplugging when he needs to and and just being alone if he needs to be and I I think it's so necessary right now just to be able to recharge I think I'm I'm struggling with that a lot to just take time to unplug for a little while yeah, and Donish, like you'll hear in the episode, he talks about how he unplugged for uh, three days, so no social media. And I think right now, the only thing I have is social, and my family and friends, but also social media, where I'm like, ah, I need this. So it's it was such a good reminder to just know that it's possible. It might take me 
uh, like a li- a bit longer to actually unplug, but Oh remember. yeah, I the thing is I wish I could unplug for a few days. I just think I can't. I mean, I could probably unplug from like social media, but then I'll still be kind of like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" But I think it's hard with like text messages and like FaceTimes and like it's true like in the beginning we were all like so hungry for any kind of interaction we're like yeah we're gonna be alone all this time but then we like overcommit and then we're just talking <laughs> to everybody and then you're like no 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 this is not sustainable either you can't yeah. go on just every day every moment of every hour being on some sort of technology yeah honestly like it's important to take a break if you guys haven't you should take a break or also like just come up with good excuses of why you can't FaceTime and then share them with me, please. I need, I need to make up some excuses. Just be like you had like some, some bad food and like you're on the toilet all day. No, I'm afraid it's going to happen then. I can't, anything with sickness, I refuse. Superstitious? I am because, okay, so every single time I've said I'm not feeling well, I get sick a week later. And I don't know if it's like a thing in my head, but at this point, I'm not going to fuck around with getting sick. We're not right now. Maybe worry yourself sick thinking about if you'll get sick after making an excuse. Or maybe I'm a psychic and I just know it's going to happen. <laughs> then it's not really a lie. It's just a delayed lie. Yeah, but then or I can't take days. Lie. Premature yeah. lie. But then it's always so like everyone at work used to think that I was like, the most sickly human being because I would be like oh I'm not feeling well take a day off and then the week after I would get so sick and I would need to take like multiple days off (laughs) or you end up having to go in when you're sick and then take off when you're actually feeling well yep (laughs) um well before we jump into Donish's episode uh let's get into our first segment the no fly list no fly list So this is a segment where we have somebody who we think should belong on the no-fly list, kind of like our shit list. Um, Amama, do you have someone for this week? I do. I was going to say cops. I don't know. Just Just in general. They've just perpetually been on. I'm I'm pretty sure that we're on their list as well. That's true. (laughs) It's mutual. Yeah, I was just because... I, um, so many, so many cops are around and I know there's like a lot of terrible stuff that's happened also, uh, in the news. And then, um, cops just aren't also reinforcing, they're, they're enforcing all the laws and all the black and brown neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I saw and all that the white people and aggressively just, so, and then, yeah, yeah. And then the white neighborhoods are like, here's a mask. Yeah. <laughs> here's a lemonade. It's like E in the white neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, I guess uh, that disparity has never changed. It's just coming out during the quarantine in different ways. That's messed up. Um, yeah. How yeah, about you? I, I agree with that one. I want to put the anti-vaxxers on there because every day I'm like looking for us getting closer and closer to a vaccine and I get my hopes up and then there's these people like protesting vaccines and apparently they took a poll and it was like one out of five people or something said that they refuse if there would be a coronavirus vaccine that they won't get one I'm like are you kidding me that's insane that's absurd that is absurd and it's so selfish because how are we going to have herd immunity if we have these like loose cannons out there just spreading coronavirus everywhere Honestly, the anti-vaxxers are probably some of the craziest people. And I don't get it. Like, don't they get really sick? Like, haven't some of them died already? And they're still like, nope. 
honestly, I'm not sure. I don't think that facts and statistics are really something that they pay close attention to. Otherwise, <laughs> they wouldn't be anti-vaxxers to begin with. <laughs> well, like, okay, so I I know one person who's an anti-vaxxer. She probably listens to this. And she did, like, health sciences in college and I don't understand what happened between college and now that like something happened but now she's like against vaccines and she very casually dropped that she would never vaccinate her kids oh my and God. I did yeah I was like well, how Wait. do you think measles came back they had yeah it's because people were not vaccinating their kids and so what are we all supposed to suffer from something that we should have or did squash like years ago it's insane ago? that's crazy yeah and it's like you're not even it's not just affecting you like that's one thing if it's just affecting you but it's affecting an entire population i mean this is a global pandemic so you i don't know it you're putting everybody else at risk as well yeah honestly if you're an anti-vaxxer and you're listening to this um you're obligated to donate to our patreon double the amount because you know (laughs) this is just gonna go on longer and longer until you get vaccinated that's the thing too yeah like we're just prolonging this so if your goal is for us to get better i don't know if they just think that we're gonna develop some sort of immunity to it or whatnot but I, I don't know but please please get vaccinated when hopefully when and if there's a a vaccine for this that's what i i keep praying for yeah and in the meantime though you can listen to this episode and um use all of donish's tips to like stay really chill and cool in quarantine yeah enjoy welcome donish mcbool <laughs> yay hey what's up y'all so good to see you Oh, it's good to see you guys too, even if it is over webcam. This you know? Yeah, Zoom medium. Zoom podcasting is the new way to go. Zoom life. It's everything. I never thought I'd be webcamming with this many people. You know? <laughs> it's been a lot of people. I know. I like I also do you get tired? Because I get exhausted after a while. Yeah, now I'm you know what I did? I, I actually did a three-day, no Instagram, no Twitter, and I limited my phone conversations, and it was because of the thing you just said. It I got need that. too much. I took, There's Zoom I took fatigue. Too much in. There's a thing called Zoom yeah. fatigue, guys. No, apparently. because we were so lonely in the beginning that we were like, oh, I'll talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> You're right? so right. And then, and then that, it got too crazy, right? And I made too many plans. And so I was like, I got to go away. Yeah, that's such a good idea too. Cause it's like, I can't even cancel my Zoom plans, but being like, I'm taking a break. Oh, that, I'm going to use that. Yeah. Just watch TV. We have to now, this is where the whole, you know, before we were like doing the whole, uh, guys, I'm, I'm at home, but now it's, we're going to protect our mental guys. I'm protecting my mental health. I'm taking a break from yeah. digital. Okay. Yeah. This is how it's got to be framed. Otherwise people are going to be like, yo, you at home. Yeah. What so, else you got going on? You know? Yeah. Also, Donish, I feel like because you're engaged and you have someone at home too. I feel like that makes it easier. Well, oh, we are actually not quarantined together. 
So today was actually the first, well, yesterday was the first time she uh, came into the house in 50 days. Oh, wow. Because her brother's a cop. So, and my dad's mad old. My dad's like 75. So I, and, and he had a triple bypass surgery, which is like basically what every Pakistani man has to have by the age of 75. You know? Yeah, my dad has two. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, this is just something. It's a rite of do. passage. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, are you really Pakistani? Well, have you had a triple bypass surgery? Yeah, that's how. Show they us the medical report. <laughs> yeah. And so, because of that, and her brother being a cop, I was just like on the super extra careful side. Cautious, yeah. You know. Yeah, we would just take walks like six feet apart and hang out outside. You know? Oh, my God. That's so yeah. hard. Yeah, it was hard. But now, you know, I loosened up and I let her in the house. <laughs> and my mom was so happy. I let her in the house, you know. And we still oh don't touch each other, really. We don't. We, we hug and that's it. It's hard, y'all. Who knows the the rules? You know, I don't know the rules. We're all I know, just figuring it out right now. It's weird. Yeah. And then if also Athir and I would never be able to just like I don't think we would ever be able to touch or like hug someone in front of our parents, or at least I wouldn't. <laughs> a guy that I like, even if I was engaged. Yeah, right now, I was like, no. engaged, and I think like the most is like we hugged or something, and even then I was like, ah, get away! My parents are around. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we hug, and I think you know. My mom, be we would sit on the same bed, on my bed, and just watch movies all the time. And my mom definitely said something after a while. <laughs> you know, she was just like, <laughs> you know, and then I'd be like, Mom, I'm engaged, you know. I'm also 30, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's a, oh, my God, that's amazing, though, because I think one time a boy called when I was like in seventh grade, my mom was like, who is this? And I was like, never again. I can't have guys oh. in my group. Like, yeah, nope. See, I think that's the issue. You know? we, we take our seventh grade situations and we apply them to when we're 30 because <laughs> we think that our and, and our parents do the same, too. You know, the way they treat us in seventh grade is the way they treat us at 30. Yeah. So it just it never age evolves, is nothing you know? to them. My mom's favorite thing to say is like, I don't care how old you are. I will still slap you if you disrespect me or like she, it's like I will never stop being your mother. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know you'll do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Age is not it, it is it's not a factor a when it comes yeah. to discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when my friends like, you know, I would like some like my white friends, if I I'm hiding stuff from my parents that I know they freak out about. They're like, Athir, come on. You're like an adult now. Like, you should just stand up to your parents. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand brown parents. You don't stand up to them. You lie. You lie. Or Well, yeah. You, the first ones do. The second ones do. The third one, which is me, you get to be kind of real, especially if you're a dude. You oh know? yeah, you got a totally different. Like, yeah, I got rule a book. Totally, yeah, my rule book was like, you know, I remember one time, like this was ten years ago. I was like, yeah, mom, I have smoked weed, you know. And I'm looking back at that now, and I'm like, oh, that was wild. That but is wild. 
to me, it was like, oh, if you could have a that a they didn't notice that on their own, honest, you know, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. I did notice it. You. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we know, Donish. We're not surprised. <laughs> but having that serious and honest moment, I think, allowed me to have more serious moments with her, where it was like career-based stuff, or like, yo, I want to go pursue this or whatever. And it's always been like a real dialogue. Because I, I like was able to keep it real. I had that luxury. She was broken down by two children. I'm a dude, so they're not as hard on you anyway. So it was like, you know, I didn't have it that bad. I, Do you have two sisters or a no, sister I have and a brother? one brother, one sister. Okay, I met your sister. She's the eldest. Yeah, yeah, and then my brother. Oh, she a had year. it rough then. Yeah, she's my sister's mad cool. And then she is. She's super dope. But wait, so she, but she's married to a non-Pakistani dude, right? Did your parents like freak out about that? No. Uh, I think in the beginning they, they did. She's also just like always been, like, uh, what what is the way to describe the people who are white sheep, black sheep, black sheep? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, black yeah, sheep. yeah. What color sheep she gotta be? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She the nonconformist been, sheep. Yeah, exactly. And then um, Steve was like a good dude, and then he made uh, money, right? Which that I think helps. Was like, that that helped. supersedes skin color. <laughs> that did supersede skin color. So it was like, oh, he, she's going to be taken care of. That's good. And he's a hard worker, real sharp dude, like real, real big brain. So like. You know, I think because of that, everybody kind of signed off on it, on the family, and he's, like, a good dude, too. So it was like, all right, you know, this Did is Did he a have good to situation. become Muslim? No, no. I think there was, in the beginning, there was, like, uh, fake rumblings of that to get the, <laughs> to get the deal done. Yeah, yeah. When people are saying anything, it's like a presidential campaign. You got to say whatever to get that person elected, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, They'll convert to Islam, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Salikum, salikum. You know, he was like, (laughs) and I'm like, this guy's not taking no shahada, bro. I I already know. So also, I dated so many white dudes in Boston. And first of all, they never made money. They like drove trucks, which is, I think, the reason my mom would have been like, nope. Um, but yeah, they tried to learn Urdu, and that was embarrassing for me and them. I was like, you guys could just stop. It's okay. I'll speak it. This is not long term. This is just for fun. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's like, uh, yeah, that's tough. If white guys got to be very, very into the brown culture i would be it's a lot of fun how many like uh look at the outfits and shit if you're a white dude and you go into a white wedding and then you see a brown wedding how could you not so many colors with that so So much food food is great music is great the rules a little too uh, too stringent on uh in my but then if you're like a white dude it, those rules don't apply to you. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, you like hey, like you're a dude, you're king. To, yeah. Yeah, you're like doing whatever in this world. No rules apply, and it's just with colors and food. You know who I and feel bad like, for? Right. Is like, so I went to Islamic school here in, in Alabama, 
and it would be all these like American white converts, like the the Jennifers and the Karens would marry these like Muhammads and Abdul Rahman, and they would like go full like burqa after marrying them. And I'm like, it, it would be the opposite, like like you're saying, if it's like a white dude and like they just yeah. need those few years though. Like I guarantee, after like ten years, they're like, nah, back back to being just like every other Muslim right now. Well, some of them got divorced. Good. They're probably like, fuck this, man. <laughs> I can't do this forever. Like, especially when you fall out. If you convert for someone and you like then fall out of love with them, or you, like they start, you know, being annoying. You're like, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not doing this for you anymore. So if you're doing something or changing your religion for somebody, yeah, eventually that's gonna like wear off, and then you're gonna be like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, if you're tying, I think it's religion is the the biggest thing you could tie to another person but if you're tying even a hobby like call of duty to another person (laughs) you know it's like that shit is not going to be the same afterwards you know you're not gonna care about call of duty or the quran after it's over (laughs) have either of you pretended to like something uh for somebody that you've dated uh yeah all the fucking time that's why i have so many hobbies now <laughs> before I, I used to be like yeah i like rock climbing and now i'm like no i fucking love rock climbing <laughs> like oh, this so is- oh, yeah, okay so you stuck fun. to it so you started with liking and not liking it pretending like it and then you got into it but is there some oh my god yeah is there something that it's i but i feel bad that you don't like that you like pretended to like um video games for me video games for you I know for Shima, it was, for me, like, her liking comedy, she wasn't that into it, and now she loves it, for sure. And I'm sure I have. I was such a sucker kid when (laughs) I was, like, you know, I was, like, such a romantic. I'm sure I was playing some type of music. You know, that yeah, I was yeah. not oh, into music. at all. Yes, music yeah. is a big one. That's the easy one to pretend to. Fall Out Boy or like a punk rock. Because I, I used to do that too. I was like, I love this punk rock band that no one's heard of. Do you think of that's course more I do. of a, because I'm trying to think of specific things and I can't think of them really. And do you think it's more of like a, a girl thing to conform to what a guy is doing? Or do you think that both sides do it? Or only one side admits to it? Because maybe I'm just not going to admit to it. Yeah, is that it. what it is? I think so. You know? I think you've repressed those times that you pretended to like stuff. I don't even think you're a comedian. I think really Shima got you into it. <laughs> yes, you know, it's possible. The other yo. way around. <laughs> I think the person with the lowest self-esteem admits to it. Which is in the <laughs> no, it's the stronger person. No, the stronger person admits to it. I think for me, it's the same uh, as you, Mama. that I will I will take interest in something rather than pretend to like it and then either start to really like it or, you know, like I wasn't into, like my ex was like into startups or something and I'm like, okay, let me learn everything about startup culture, which like normally I don't give a shit about. And then I started finding interest in it. But I think you just find interest in things that people... Um, that you're dating also find interesting because it makes things easier or like TV shows and just like to watch stuff together. Honestly, just for the logistics of the relationship or to play video games or to spend time together. Otherwise, but in one, 
in one way does help people grow but then there's some stuff you're just like i will never like this like i'm i'm not even gonna pretend or try but certainly i'm not gonna convert entire like to an entire religion and like i'm sorry like i for another person so but people do it but i wonder what happens after like the the like the honeymoon phase wears off and they're like man i'm i'm tired of you know, I can't pray five times a day anymore for you. I'm sorry. Wow. Yo. I'm, I'm so set in my ways that I like preach to Shima. I'm like, you got to get set in your ways. You got to figure out what you like because I'm cool over here. Like even in quarantine, <laughs> I, I've been chill. I know what I like to do. You know, I'm I'm very comfortable by myself all the time. You know, I love being around people and talking to people, but I could be by myself. And so I I stress that to her all the time, too. I'm like, you better figure out what you like to do on your own because it's healthy for you, you know? Yeah. It helps you in the long run. And it helps both of us. If you can both be individuals and then, you know, uh, find, you know, common interests and be together because you want to be together but not because you feel the need or dependent on each other, I think that's definitely healthier for the relationship and for people to have their own interests and their own life. But then you also come together and share those things like when it's um you know when you're spending that time together but yeah i think like it's weird when like there's certain couples that are just like into each other's lives like completely and do like everything together and just are inseparable and don't and just mesh into one person that's so unhealthy too no you gotta have surprise you know uh my dad took my mom uh, ever since my dad retired like five years ago they've been going on like yearly cruises and stuff this is what they do oh that's cute yeah, it's mad cute. And so last year they went on one in in Europe. I guess it's like a popular one that ends up in Russia, right? And when they got to Russia, my dad was speaking Russian. And my mom never knew that my dad could speak Russian, right? And apparently my dad... Oh, that's dad, so cool. Yeah, apparently he lived in Russia for like a year and a half and he studied Russian. Because he traveled all over the world, you know? Like he's a world... But, uh, yeah, that's cool. But what's much cooler is leaving that in the bag and then one day bringing your wife there and then just dropping some Russian on her. That's not an easy language, just dropping Russian out of nowhere. That was like a a plan 20 years in the making. I imagine your dad every year was like, this is the year. This is what I'm going to. Dude, honestly, when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is like what, like being a man feels like you know you like that's how i took it i was like oh i love this you know you don't I, you don't gotta tell her everything you know leave some keep some things for surprise for that cruise 30 years down the line yeah i think so. i'm learning so much right now i like tell everyone everything i'm like right age one <laughs> this is exactly what happened yeah we well i i think we all do now because of this is just the age everything's documented and then whatever's not documented, we feel the need to tell somebody, you know, Yeah. <laughs> because everything's connected. Who was he going to tell, you know? Yeah. That's, I'm there's... sure somebody <laughs> in some village in Pakistan knows everything about my dad. But, you know, that motherfucker's not here. Um, yeah. But so our segment, um, it's called Fifty Shades of Brown, where we answer questions from our listeners. And Donish, you get to get you get to give them really fun advice based on your own experiences. Um, so, Athir, do you want to share our question of the week? Yeah. So actually, this is perfect for you. Um, our 
question is, how do you make a proposal to your girlfriend special? I think, you know, you got to get her friends involved. If she has some close friends, you, you got to do that because the friends and, and the family, anybody that's kind of close to her, they want to be involved in that moment too. So make it intimate, but also make it like have, have it be public right afterwards, right? So the moment, if you could make it between you two, but then have a unveil like if they're on the other side of the door with the rest of the family, oh. right? Oh, that's, that's the really move. nice. Yeah, yeah I like that because you can share the excitement with your friends. Yeah, because yeah, that's who you want to talk to anyway. Right after something like that happens, right? And then more, they want to be there too, you know. And then just make sure you don't leave any friends out. You know, you, you can <laughs> that's a yeah, that's that. a tricky part, because if you don't know all her friends, although you can you can do enough research, get that Pakistani journalist cousin and they'll they'll give you a list. <laughs> yeah, I left one of Shima's friends out and I had to I, I apologized on my own like a few months ago. I was like, yo, I totally dropped the ball on that, you know, yeah. and she's well, hard to keep up with everybody's yeah. friend circle. That's so. I remember. Okay, me and Donish were on tour together like last year, and you were like looking at rings and stuff, and you were like oh, yeah. planning the proposal. So we I were, told like, you, backstage. I bought it on. I bought the ring on Facetime. On FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, I bought the ring on Facetime. <laughs> I was like, oh, that looks good. So she she picked the ring out, you know. And in our culture, that's like how it goes a lot of times, mm-hmm. right? And then we were gonna have a party. And then she's like, damn, you're not even like there's no surprise before the party. And then just two weeks before the party, I just did a little surprising. She didn't know, you know, and it was cool. Right. It was like a surprise. But then two weeks later, you were going to get the thing anyway. So was it really oh, a that's surprise? really nice. I think yeah. Americans do that, too. Well, they like go pick out the ring as well. And then um it's like, yeah, we know it's going to happen, but I think it's like the way that you ask or how you, you know, if you're honest and express the emotions and everything of it, it still feels really special. Yeah. No, it was yeah. it was really dope. And then we all went out to dinner after or to lunch afterwards. You know, I think also a day move was was great because then you could celebrate the day. That's you know. really nice. Yeah, okay, day move. Solid. Take notes. Taking notes. <laughs> Don't yeah. forget a friend because then you have to apologize later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Day day move. Don't forget a friend. Invite the friends or whoever. You know, if she doesn't have too many friends, which is okay. Invite whoever is close, you know. Just invite them. Even, And then what I did is I took Shima to an alpaca farm because she had been talking about alpacas for a while so her friends took her <laughs> to alpaca farm and i was in the barn waiting oh, right? oh that's no amazing so do oh, something so that she's been talking about you know for sure don't do like some shit you want to do oh know? yeah yeah don't don't take her to like a baseball game that she's or something yeah <laughs> unless she's, she's like that. super into baseball which is right weird, yeah you know but also <laughs> happens you know so that's going to be a mama's proposal, I think. I was just thinking, well, it wouldn't be baseball. It would be basketball. Oh, okay. I love basketball so oh, much. Oh, there you go. I think that's 
that's more normal. I, mean, I, I also really it. want to date a professional athlete, which I've made clear. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen the post, you know. <laughs> I've seen the campaign. It started off as a joke. It started off as a joke. And then after a while, I was like, wait a minute. This, is, this seems like a great idea. And now it's real. I hope it happens for you. Inshallah. <laughs> it's going to be some cricket player. And I'll be like, all right, fine. Oh, yeah. You can't. <laughs> Yeah, our, our definition series. of athlete will become really loose the older we oh, get. Yeah. It's like he's a professional chess player. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Done. Chess players burn mad calories. Dude, Just like how? sweating. There was this article once. The dude, because the way they play with their mind, they'd be burning mad articles. I mean, mad <laughs> calories. You know. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't So they'll be the in article. shape. Have you ever? I've never seen like a a magazine with like a chess player and like their abs showing on the ESPN bodies issue with the yeah. chess player. I think I think that, yeah, I think this could be one of the moves. ESPN body issue with the chess player. <laughs> if you weren't doing comedy, what what's like a a thing oh, that you would want to be or do? Professional NBA referee. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I like that you didn't say player. Before? Donish <laughs> was actually into like, were you in, like professional gaming or what? What did you oh, do? Oh yeah, comedy? I was I was a professional gamer when I was young. You know, yeah, which is a young man's game. You got to be really good. <laughs> and I wasn't. I was never like made Mad Money really good, but I was like friends with everybody who made Mad Money good. You know, so I was at the top. But all my friends were beating me in tournaments for money, you know. Oh, wow. How did you yeah. make – so you made money off of, like, what um, – how did you do that? And what kind I of games? When I was, like, 15, 16, I just started going to these, like, Halo tournaments on the weekend. And I got so good that by, like, 17, 18, I was, like, winning a lot of them. Like, if not winning, then getting second, which would be, like, at least 100 bucks a weekend. So I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, I was making like a hundred bucks a weekend. And then I would save that money and then go to like D.C. for the weekend if there was a big tournament. Right. And there would be like a thousand people there. And then I would get like in the top 50. But in order to get paid, you would have to get in the top like 16. So I didn't make much money, you know. And then I like became like a commentator. Because then they, they made, like, a whole league. So when I was first doing this, there was, like, none of that, right? Then they made a whole league called Major League Gaming. Then I got a job there, right? Right? And it was, like, I worked there for, like, seven years. And they were, like, super big company. And so even, like, now all the gamers, like, my boy was on uh, the ESPN uh, cover, right? His name is Ninja. And he's like the biggest gamer, and he's like. Is that I'm his real Google name, him. or is that his? Oh, his like, name is Tyler. Name? But yeah. <laughs> of course it is. Sorry, I knew him just... as little Tyler. You know. And... I love that he picked Ninja. He was there like, okay, it's Tyler, but whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, it's so you know, and now he's like a multi multi millionaire, huge. Yeah, he's like probably worth you know, $50 million or something like that. It's, it's crazy amount, right? Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad that you're a comic, though, even <laughs> though you would have been making multi-millions if you stuck with yeah, gaming. I could have done that. Or professional referee, though, would have been sick. 
I think at age nine, I knew I'm like I'm a rules kind of guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was aware. You know. I would not have pegged and, you as a rules type of person, Donna. She's I, I know. I Like, I'm a free bird. I don't like the rules, which is why I want to make them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I love being, like, a, a leader. I don't know if I'm a good one or not, but I like to, to be one, you know? I'm down to do that. It's so funny because I've like I like manage so many people and still even with the management, I'm like, I don't know. You know what? Do you guys just want to decide for me? Like I'm the cool boss. You guys do what you want. I can't. I've never managed anybody and I'm like, yeah, I know everything, you know? (laughs) I want you to be my manager. I feel like you'd be super chill. I don't know, actually sometimes the people who are super chill like then become neurotic when they have like a little bit of power. So I don't know which way that can go, Donish. Oh, I'll tell you this. This is just an excerpt from today, right? I put a stand-up clip today up on Instagram, and uh, I forgot to put the thumbnail on the, the post. So it was up there for like eight minutes. And I was so pissed, right, that I forgot to put the thumbnail. And Shiva was sitting next to me. And I fucking, like, a full slap on her pillow that was on her her legs, right? Like a full slap. Like, I was pissed. And then I just walked out, you know. And I deleted the post and I had to repost it. You know? And then she's like, are you okay? I'm like, we lost 10 likes, you know. And oh, I my God. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I could get intense, you know. I, I would never would have pictured that, honestly. But that's kind yeah, of funny. I, I, you seem to not yeah. care about. Maybe it's like you don't. So, sometimes you're like good at letting go or we can be we can let go of big stuff. But then it comes out in the little ways. Right. I think, you know, I love the details and I like being good at everything. And then when it doesn't go according to your plan. Yeah, I, I get I get heated just like everyone else, you know, and then, but you do have to realize none of it is that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you had, especially right now in the grand scheme of things, nothing. Well, you were supposed to be like, you dealt with a huge, like major change. Like you were supposed to get married in May, right? Oh, in July. Yeah. Oh, in July. Okay. In July. And, but you know, like that was also. It was I was supposed to make a a lot of money in March and April. And then in order to get married, you need to have money. Right. So it was like, all right, well, now that we're not making money, also, we're not getting married. It's like nothing changed. Nothing changed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm now we just going to get like a paper thing and still get married and move in and probably have like a Zoom wedding situation happen. And then. You know, so you like look at it. Everybody went through this, you know, of some sort. That's the cool thing about this. It's hard to feel selfish about anything right now. You Everyone's know, you, like going through yeah. it. Everyone's hurting and and you can look anywhere to someone going through worse. And so you kind of feel like, all right, obviously, like it sucks, but there's everybody's going through something. So you're not alone in it. Yeah, I'd yeah. be wild in making this about myself right now, you know. So yeah. it's is hel- it's been a healthy approach with that. And then the, looking at the silver lining of stuff of like, uh, you know, I started my own podcast. I I started putting out clips, and uh, Shima and I are like now like, oh, maybe we can buy a house instead of like trying to rent. 
So all these like professional and personal things that are all silver lining, dope things wouldn't have happened if none of this happened, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And brown people honestly are really resilient. Like of, of all, like I've just seen a lot of brown people be like, I don't know, like my parents went through shit. I like, I know this is going through shit, but like, we'll figure this out. Yeah. Except I do get, yeah. And like, it's okay to get mad too. Cause <laughs> I would be like, there's little things oh, that have pissed 100%. me off. Although, and, yeah. uh, but it's no, true. You, when we look back at what our parents had to go through and even just, you know, me growing up in, in Palestine in a war zone and under lockdown, I'm out. I'm like, okay, like we've been through it. I think the isolation though, that's the hardest part because even in times of war and, and like hardship, you have people to lean on and physically be around that make you feel better. And I think the isolation piece of this is what's so tough, but you know, we adapt, human beings adapt, we're resilient and uh, we just got to keep finding ways to move forward. I, I heard this uh, quote of like the greatest weakness of man is uh, man's inability to sit in a room by himself. <laughs> you know, it's easier said than done. Stay at home. It's easier said than done. Yeah. People been conquering land since land existed. <laughs> And you telling me to stay at home? You know, what are you talking about? <laughs> People are fucking resilient. And like, if you want, if you're creative and you've always been creative, you're going to find a way. Yeah. It just, yeah. 100%. Uh, we are kind of lucky that we have a passion, you know, and a lot of people are discovering their passion right now. But we, we lucky that we have a passion during this time that we could lean into because people that don't are really like kind of suffering with mm -hmm. their time, you know, because you could have too much time on your hands if you ain't doing shit with it. You know? Yeah. And then you're protesting to have an Applebee's open. <laughs> so yeah, like <laughs> exactly. It's like, bro, if you're telling me that we all got to take time off and we all got to do this, I'm cool with it being as long as it needs to be. That gives me more time to work on what I got to work on, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, and I don't want to lose too much time, but, you know. And, Donish, I don't know if you remember, but I think one of the few times that I've spoken to you, one, like we were at a show and you were like, I don't know, like I take things step by step. I know it's like if it takes time, it takes time. And we don't like, we did not know each other at all really when you said that. And I remember going home and thinking about that. And I was like, this is a better way to approach things. Cause I'm always like, no, I have to get it done. And then after you had said that, I was like, Oh, okay. No, this makes more sense. I should try to be friends with Donish. <laughs> Where was I going wrong? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dude, we all have grandiose ideas of the end when we get into this game. And that could be really daunting if you're just thinking about the end the whole time. And not enjoying yeah. the process in the meantime and not finding joy in it for sure. Because And then you can get to the end goal and then that goal moves further and you never learn to enjoy it. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like... uh I never, you know, before I started doing stand-up, I was like, oh, I'm going to sell out theaters, right? And then I'll tell you now that I never thought that I would be this funny. Even in that vision, when I would, was selling out theaters, it yeah. was a much hackier act 
that was selling <laughs> out the theaters. And so I'm so happy with where I'm at comedically. And yet I know how far I am from selling out theaters, you know, and it's such a funny juxtaposition. But like, I'm pretty happy with how it all came out you know because you've grown as a comedian and you're not looking at your success as how many theaters that you filled out which now no one can sell out a theater (laughs) so there that makes you feel better but you're you're measuring your progress by you know your work and how funny you are now and you we don't have control over the other stuff that happens in our career but we do have control over you know am i writing am i putting out good stuff am i you know, continuing to work on my craft, that those are the things that we have to focus on because they're the only things within our grasp. Yeah. yeah you're and right. Donish, you've like performed at a sold out theater. Yeah. Though, so you gotta, also, yeah. I was going to say, like, at least, like, hey, part of that did come true. So good for you. Oh, yeah. It did happen, yo. Right before the end of the quarantine. Right I, before the quarantine, you know? <laughs> I think the, the about world that. was like, here you go. Dude, that's a special uh, moment. That was February 22nd. Like, I can't think about the next time I'll be in front of 1,200 people, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was so dope. It was at the Wilbur Theater in Boston, right? Yeah, yeah, with Mo. And that was, uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. All right. Well, we've got uh, one last segment, Donish. It's okay. called Keeping Up with the Caucasians. Oh, nice. I like this already. So this is a segment where we talk about things that white people do and whether we as brown people also do these things. So we've got different categories that you can choose from. Um, So I'm going to say the categories and then you get to pick. So we've got food or beverage, pop culture, TV, music, activities, style or clothes, phrases or sayings or miscellaneous. Let's go with activities. I feel like we do the same activities as white people. Okay. Um, Just in different framing. All right. Have you ever ridden a hoverboard? Yeah. Yeah. For like, it was a white neighbors for like, uh, (laughs) for like 10 seconds to try it out. How was it? and then it was fine, but then I got off and I said some white shit. I was like, I don't want it to be an insurance liability for the both of us, you know? <laughs> and we both laughed and and then I walked away. And, and then was, he was like, never again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was his only interaction with the brown person. Yeah, that was it. We didn't. We never talked much, and and that was our limited interaction there. It was cool. How did you go about trying it? Did he offer or did you see it and you were like, let me try this? It was right when it started popping off. So it was like nobody had it. And I live in a pretty nice neighborhood where like when shit comes out, somebody will have something, you know. And then so he had it. They They have all the nice shit. So he had it and I was like, yo, that is wild. And he was like, yo, you want to try it? I was like. Alright, you know, and then <laughs> I'm so goofy that like I'm and I'm tall, you know, so I can't I I, I knew I was gonna fall. So I was like, I, I gotta get off. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. I tried it too because my nephew had one uh a few months ago. I was visiting them in Florida and 
It was in the garage and I was like, hey, let me get on this. Nobody warned me how it works. Luckily, I was holding on to something because it, he was like, oh, just lean forward. And then I was just like spinning around and around. I was like, it was terrifying. <laughs> like I almost fell off and, and like hit my head. But luckily, I was like holding on to somebody or something that like kept me from falling. But that thing is terrifying. And d- doesn't it like, uh, like combust or like oh, they were <laughs> into flames? Didn't that happen? You know, my theory on, on hoverboards with brown people, though, I think that more brown people have sold hoverboards than ridden them. Mm, <laughs> you think they were just like bought a bunch of them to sell? So- yeah, I think we opened up a bunch of mall stops, a little mall stands, and we're yep. selling these hoverboards. And I think that, yes, that's... But they're never going to bring them home for their kids. They're like, nope, that's not for you. No, <laughs> it's too dangerous. No, and they're going to bring up the whole combustible thing that Athir just brought up. They're going to be like, no, it's <laughs> blowing nope. up. And, and, but I think that they're readily selling them, you know, to white people. It's part of the plan, yeah. white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're trying to, yeah. They're like, we don't know that these are combustible. Yeah. You should just try <laughs> one. <laughs> do you want to do another, do you want to pick another category, Yeah, let's Donish? do, let's do um, the, the other one. What was the other one? Music? The music? Yeah, let's do one. Okay. Mumford and Sons. Oh. Have you yeah. listened to them, heard of them? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah, I have. Um. You know, I I should be more familiar with them because I feel like they make some dope shit. And so I should be more familiar, but I'm not. You know? They do. I actually really I like, like them. I yeah. do. I like them. I so like them. I listen, yeah. They're dope, right? They made, they are. They made yeah. like one of the, they made one of the more popular records of our time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I really like their stuff. I like their sound. I like that kind of music, like sort of like indie rock kind of like it's soothing. It's fun to me. It's catchy. I like it. Yeah. Mumford and Sons sound, sounds good. I'm not hating. I just, you know, I know I should be more familiar, but I'm not. Damn. So I this is where recommend... we bridge the gap between yeah, brown people, is... <laughs> white people. It's Mumford and Sons, it turns out. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. When concerts come back, I highly recommend like an outdoor one with like a band that's kind of like Mumford and Sons or if they're still playing and you just sit, relax, beverage and psychedelic of your choice if you want. And then just, oh, it's great. When that comes back, I'll be, I'll look, I'll go to any concert. Let me tell you, I'll go to anything (laughs) when we can do stuff outdoors or with people. Is there anything that you want to plug your podcast? You want to plug your oh it yeah, called? it's uh, it's called the DMAC Hour, and it comes out every Tuesday, um, and that's that's all. You know, I'm on Instagram. Nice. You know, uh, obviously, and you can find all the information out there. But thank you. We'll guys. put it in the show notes. Oh, thank yeah. you, yeah. and follow us also at Ethiopiakub and at Mama Sardar at No Fly List Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. That really helps people find us. And if you have a few bucks you want to throw us on our Patreon page, we would be super grateful because we're all out of comedy work right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> but this was super fun. Thanks, Donish, for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much, y'all. I appreciate y'all. Uh, I fuck with the no-fly list. <laughs> <laughs>